Welcome to Two Market on Mike Podcast. I'm Phil. And I'm Joe. Today we're talking about the Undertaker WrestleMania streak all the way back from the... WrestleMania 7. WrestleMania 7, yeah, 91, 92, something like that. Yeah. Yep. So this is the time that he had just finished his uh, title reigns short push with, uh, with Hogan. Yeah, and then uh, I believe that was after the Tuesday in Texas uh, when he won it briefly in Survivor Series. And it was crazy. It was like two days later, I yeah, believe, or something like that. I it mean, was. It was nuts. It was really nuts. It didn't didn't make any sense, but, you know, wrestling politics and yeah. Hulk Hogan's propensity for things. Everything swung that man's way. It did. And, and that's why I, I ate it up as a six-year-old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I wasn't really a mark for anybody back then. You know, I, mean, I liked everybody. I didn't really yeah. have... I remember having an utter fear of The Undertaker when he first came in. Yeah. Like, I don't know. To me, he, he, I was still buying into it, obviously, at that age. And it just was like, wow, that is a scary man. He really, you know, in with the whole kayfabe, he played it close to the chest. And he didn't break character. And he was very, in that time, the man, Dark Side Demon, he was like a ghost. He was almost like a figment of your imagination. Right. right you know? Well, you know, the whole not breaking character thing, I think you and I kind of have a agree to disagree thing on that. Because I don't believe that he hasn't broken character over the time. But... Right. I do feel that you know if you if you're gonna keep the the uh, uh, the character fresh and like yeah, that, you do have to change. It's like a the fine bit. line of like evolution of your character right. and breaking it. Yeah, I totally get it. That's very true, and I believe he actually talked about it in the last riot as well. Uh, yeah. How he that was just the way it was going going into the attitude era, and he says his gimmick was kind of running a little stale. You Dead know, finishing the and, ministry. And, yeah, well, the know. ministry. I think he did. You know, when when he had the ministry, it wasn't very long. He didn't wrestle much. Right. That year, because, you know, he had a hip resurfacing and things like right. that. And, he, you know, he was in his career. He had a fair amount of injury, and, sure. which is he did a lot of stuff that was not necessarily daredevilish. But for a guy his size was f no pun intended. was very man. phenomenal. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, and I think when they started with WrestleMania seven, I thought Superfly was good because he was even you kind of knew that, OK, Undertaker clearly had the advantage. You could buy into that, but also that there was a chance that, hey, it's Superfly. Yeah. And, you know, he maybe he could win this out and pull this out and whatever. And at the time, Undertaker wasn't brand spanking new, but he was there for a couple months where it's like, all right, maybe, you know, see where he goes. But obviously he was going to win at the end that very quick match. Yeah, it wasn't a very long match at all. Maybe like five, six minutes tops. I think, it, you know, progressing forward, his opponents got better. Most of them he could get a decent match with. Some of them not so much. I think the baby faces back then was kind of fizzing out in that sense where it was like you had Hogan and then it was like, who else? Cause people were really starting to phase. So that's what I believe that was WrestleMania eight is when he started kind of making his baby face push, you know, against Jay it Roberts. Was, yeah. It was right before Saturday night's main event. I think it was. Yeah. Or something like that. I know that he was, there was a funeral parlor segment yeah. where it was, uh, Jake the snake and Paul bear and undertaker and, uh, Jake's like, well, whose side are you on, man? He goes, not yours. Yeah. He, yeah. That whole thing. I think when he put his hand in the casket, yeah. That's true. But yeah, true. so and then after WrestleMania eight, it was the terrible match of Giant Gonzalez. But I thought Gonzalez at that time that was the perfect opponent to really get that baby push with the Undertaker, that good guy Undertaker, because at that sense you had Giant Gonzalez who was just wrecking through everybody, and then it's just. Wow, maybe is there somebody? And he was genuinely first person you could see hurting. I use that term loosely. Undertaker, right? In his somebody matches. could actually give him a match. Yeah, versus just to make him struggle. Through. I remember the first yeah. time Undertaker couldn't sit up and do his sit up like to come back and oh yeah, went okay. back down. And you're like, whoa. 
Yeah, that makes sense. I but I you know like as far as match quality goes, I mean, even Undertaker was like, oh, that's not my best work. No, absolutely not. So when you have a guy who's the caliber of the Undertaker, it's really hard to find someone. I mean, yeah, he can work with guys that are lesser than him, but is it going to look good? Is it going right. to is is the match going to make sense? So and then you move on to WrestleMania 10. He was absent for some reason. I don't know exactly what that was. WrestleMania 11 was King Kong Bundy. Yeah. But that one was a barn burner. I'll yeah, you know, you. I just remember that was kind of like lost in the sauce matches. One of those things where you think about WrestleManias and, and you don't, King Kong and Undertaker wasn't one of them. Yeah, exactly. And then WrestleMania 12 was obviously Diesel. I think Diesel gave him a, a good run for his money because he's another athletic big guy that can um, that can move well, that can earn money. I really enjoyed their feud. I remember when like Diesel was fighting Brett in the cage and Undertaker out of, came back, kind of made a stint and put his hand up to the mat and, and grab diesel and, yeah, theatrical he stuff. like pulled them down into it all the fog and whatever came out right that, that was cool I, I i didn't mind their feud actually surprisingly 13 was sid that was a it was a decent match two big guys going at it taker gets a strap cool wrestlemania 14 this is where i start to get a little iffy on the number of the streak right because he wrestles Kane, no big deal. Now, he wrestles Kane twice. He wrestles him at WrestleMania 14 and then again at 20. He wrestles Triple H at 17, first match. And then he did 25. I I, I lose track. But he, wrestled, he wrestled Triple H three times, Kane twice, Shawn Michaels twice. So, to me, he's not really 20. And oh, yeah. it's more like 13. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, I mean, whatever. I guess if they're counting separate matches, I don't know how that works. But... And this, like, I was went back and I watched the. It might have just been a WrestleManias in general type thing. It may thing, have been. You know? You're right. You know, because let's face it, the two Shawn Michaels matches were great, but they were almost identical. I agree. There that was was, nothing, that's what I was going to say. There I was think nothing it was. That stuck out from yeah. two old school guys doing old school uh and nobody stuff. can sell an opponent like michaels like no he was and, one of the best sellers of making people look good yeah he was when he chose to and was, i tell you him and flair man they were like i thought two of the best in the business when it came to, to so, selling their moves didn't he have a flair match at one point he I did thought. that was wrestlemania 18 yeah uh it was a no holds barred match most of the matches were good i think i don't think that he should have lost the streak to Brock because my understanding is Vince was like okay well we're gonna give Brock because he needs a push well if anybody was over it was Brock right and even and even Taker push. right and even Taker was like so well, even with well, Taker not getting hurt he was still set to lose the streak that night right well no he actually he wasn't he was supposed to go over against Brock and then Vince came to him the day like right before and said Brock's going over and then later on Taker was quoted saying that he don't understood why Brock got it because Brock was already over. Right. And he feels that maybe it should have gone to a Roman Reigns or some younger guy who needed and to I push. think that's why eventually when he did give that second match up to Roman Reigns at the end, that was uh, right. and what she feels bad about, and you see that in the last ride too, how he just felt like he let Roman Reigns down. That was, he said that was where he saw he was out of shape and old. And Well, and he saw the know. writing on the wall basically is yeah. what he said, and it's you do something for 30 plus years with the physicality of professional sure. wrestling, it's going to take a toll. And think of just like everyday careers where you're not putting right. yourself through well, a table or but definitely professional wrestling. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. Yeah. So if you had to pick a, a favorite streak match, what stands out to you? I know you were a big Shawn Michaels guy, and I think the first Shawn Michaels is 
I was that was up there because I was already hyped for that probably more than any Taker match in any Mania because they ended Rumble that year the two of them and it was freaking awesome. Like I mean they I remember be, saying that's probably one of the best endings to any Royal Rumble I've ever seen. Right, probably still this day almost ever. Like it was awesome and I the fact that they kept that going and made it a Mania match that wasn't for the title even though he won I thought was was brilliant too. So, right, I was excited for that match. Yeah, in general. I, I didn't. I think I was taking a like a slight break from yeah. wrestling at this time so i didn't really get the build up for it right but you know going back and watching it you know i think it was a good match my i think the one of my favorite uh matches with taker well for the streak anyways was i like the, the triple h x7 match oh yeah that was a you good know, one having a favorite match is kind of hard to say like uh there's not too many matches that i didn't like to the taker's been in um what was your favorite streak match so i like i said i think the first uh the first one was sean right and I, the whole uh, I I liked the snooker match as quick as it was, but it was cool to see Taker just come down because he was still relatively new at the time. Um, I would say the the Mark Henry ones not so much. Right. <laughs> was, uh, did did he wrestle Mark Henry twice? Because I know one was a casket match. Oh, the one with Edge. That was a good one. That was a good match. That was a really good match. That, they, they tore it up that night. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel that match quality with certain guys was really good. I think the Orton match was good. The build-up to that Randy Orton match was yeah, great. Yeah, excellent. I don't want to harp on it, but the whole him dropping the streak to Brock, I just don't yeah, get it. I wasn't a fan of that because, yeah. like, like you, I'm not a Brock fan. Not yeah. a Brock fan in WWE. Matches, like you said, because a lot of them are repetitive because there was a couple different guys, and then the other guys kind of gets lost in the sauce. But I think the way they just use Undertaker in general, is that he had some great storylines people. I remember when the DDP first came in and they did the whole stalker The stalker angle, angle yeah. That was great. I mean, they really did put him through some good storylines. And even on, like, his, uh, you know, wrapped it up with, I think as far, and I, you probably didn't watch any of, of last year's Mania. No. Uh, that was when they were in the Performance Center, and they just had to do what they did for COVID. And it was more or less background noise in my house. I think for the cards that they were dealt for his last ride match with AJ Styles. Yeah, I want to check that out. In the cinema, it was well done. It really was. And, and there was a lot of, like... Nonsense like this. I was like, this WrestleMania is so terrible. And even that, the Funhouse uh, thing with Cena and, and Fiend, that was all right. But I mean, you know, what they did with Undertaker and AJ, and it, it's good. I'm, I'm comfortable. I'm, and I'm glad that he's comfortable with it too, that that was his last kind of hurrah. Right. And, and it's done now that the crowds are coming back in. And Well, that. I think, I hope that he's done. I don't, I I don't want to see him come back and, and get risk an injury even worse than what he's already had. Yeah. And I feel that his career should stop. You know what I mean? He's a grown-ass man. He can do whatever he wants to. Right. But I think that what, what more does he have to accomplish? I mean, he's had so many excellent matches, so many excellent storylines. And, and it's just every, he had the respect of the entire locker room. Yeah. I'm sure if he wanted to come back, he could. Maybe some appearances randomly here and there on yeah. Raw yeah. or, you know, even on a pay-per-view. Probably right. I mean. Yeah, I feel that it's pretty much a good career. Who was your favorite version of The Undertaker? Probably Purple Taker. Yeah, I like Purple Taker. I didn't care for the Ministry of Darkness angle too no, much. No, neither. Not it at just, all. It just didn't. I didn't even like American Badass that much. I, I didn't I either. I understood it, but. Because it didn't feel like The Undertaker. It really didn't. You know what I mean? When he's talking about his yard and soup bones and stuff like that, I mean, yeah, it's just a, it's a different version of The Taker. I get right. it. But to me, it's the, always the rest in peace and stuff like that. I remember when they did the uh, Undertaker vs. Undertaker SummerSlam, mm -hmm. and 
when he debuted the purple and the big urn and uh-huh. the white and the stuff. And I was like, this is awesome. Like, Funny story. The under faker right. was Brian Lee, yep. who is Undertaker's cousin. They're, they're cousins? Really? Yeah, they're cousins. Yeah, because I knew it was Brian Lee. I didn't know that. Wow, that's nuts. Yeah, I found that out just recently on the research for this, uh, this podcast. Wow. Yeah, so and that's why they look so similar. You know, like a body type of stuff because they're like they're the same with the shoulders and stuff. We were watching the match, me and my wife, and she goes, they look a lot alike. And I'm like, it's because yeah. of cousins. You know, it's funny because my first live show that my dad ever took me to was in 94, and it was Under Faker was there. Undertaker, it was still before SummerSlam had happened. It was like right after King of the Ring. So it was still Under Faker there, and I was like, ugh. Yeah. I think every live event, I've only been to two, three. He was at all of them, I think. I've seen him out pretty yeah, much all of them, too. Yeah, he, the first one I went to, he was in his original Dead Man thing. Yeah. The second one I went to was in 96, and he was feuding with Mankind. And then the third one I went to was in 06. Nice. So um, yeah, I've been I think to, he was there. Yeah, I've probably been to an amount like not not quite a dozen but as far as like wwe i was i really want to check out an AEW show they they're, they're coming to orlando but i do it yeah. I, they were i i saw them after their first fighter fest down in daytona it was excellent excellent i mean you know they got some good guys there and now that they've had an exodus from or a, a massive future endeavoring from wwe um, i wonder if taker would ever help them out at all i mean not even like going over appearances but helping some of the talent over there i mean it would have to be super duper behind the scenes because yeah. i don't think he would because sure a- he respects vince so much yeah i don't absolutely. think that he would want to uh upset the old man that much i who, who do you think your favorite feud with him was maybe mankind that was a crazy feud it was but i think it was a little too short-lived i, I think so too you know i mean and then I liked it because no one had ever been that dominating of the Undertaker before. Boiler room brawl. Right. And now Undertaker had that staff infection during that. And his elbow. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Mick Foley talked about it in his book, and he showed up with, uh, he's like, oh, he looks like death warmed over instead of the dead man or something like that. And it was just, it was a great match. It was innovative. It was different. I thought screw job ending, of course, but it helps get mankind over and Paul Bearer heel turn. Yeah. So. The Paul Bearer heel turn. Then he started wearing red after that. <laughs> yeah, and he started like dyeing his hair. Percy Pringle. Yep, but still, it's fantastic. I didn't mind them making the streak. It was something. It was a good WrestleMania angle when mm-hmm. maybe wrestling was getting a little more stale going yeah. into WrestleManias, and you know, I think after a while, it was just Cena, Cena, Cena. Or, yeah. You know, when that one guy like gets that push all the time is main eventing mm-hmm. every single pay per view, and uh, to me, and I, I say this, and I can't stress this enough. I think when I was younger, we only had the four pay-per-views a year. Right. So the build-up was incredible. Like, you barely saw them in the ring at the time. You know, it was like, it was special to see them. Now it's like I just try to chill out, open my mind up, and enjoy it and not be as critical. But it's, it's hard. They had to start bringing attention to the streak because right. not stale, but, I mean, it's like, what else are you going to hype up for WrestleMania every year, you know? You knew that he was going to come in and he was going to give a match that's going to be better. Yeah, that's got to – it's taken a lot because, I mean, you got to think, too, is to get that shot against Taker, like, he's, he's going against good guys, bigger guys, stronger guys who have the endurance. Guys, it, it's got to be hard. It's got to be hard to keep up with the Joneses in that point. Yeah, I'm sure it is. And then you get guys like Roman Reigns who him going against somebody who's, like, literally half his age. Yeah. Well, I think X7 
was good. Mm-hmm. Man, I don't know. I don't know what else to, what else to say about the streak. It was not really much, man. I mean, I think that it was, it was entertaining. For, that was sure. For sure. Yeah. For 30 years, it was very entertaining. There were how many WrestleMania? And then you could talk about the matches that he had after the streak. The Shane McMahon, Hell in the Cell match. Oh, yeah. st- like, those speak for themselves. We were just wanted to do something inside the streak and talk about that because it was a, a cool little corner of the uh, wrestling world. Yeah, and I actually watched the last ride here and there when it first aired. In preparation for this, I was like, oh, let me just watch it out. And I, I did all five in a row. And it was really interesting the, the, when you think about the talent they put in front of them final years. And he's trying to really find where, like, I'm good with that being that last match match and go for the super showdowns where he had that awful match with Goldberg a couple ones where they had like a Sean and, and Triple H when he's working with him and Kane and I didn't mind the match I remember watching it, it was on but he hated it so it was just it was, but it was good just to see the caliber that you were putting in where you always wanted to see him with somebody in that sense so it's all good points but um, I feel that as an artist which these guys are you have to be happy with the end product and if you're not you're not going to be satisfied you're in your retirement you. yeah you know and the yeah. longer you sit on your couch and wait and you watch all the endless hours of professional wrestling every week if you choose to do so and you're like oh i could do that i could still do that you know as you're not training for that exactly we could sit here and speculate about a lot of stuff talk about it because we weren't there but we were fans enjoying it and that's what it all boils down to is making a a memory and if Mark Calloway ever happened to listen to this podcast thank you yeah thank Thank you very much what you gave it was a hell of a character and Definitely bought into it, what you have put your body through and dedication you gave to the sport of professional wrestling. I, you know, I, you know, I respect it as a fan, so thank you. Yeah, likewise, I always had nothing but admiration and respect for The Undertaker. He was a phenomenal athlete, a phenomenal character, and a pretty good dude from what I understand. Um, so I think that's going to wrap this up for us. Stay tuned for the next couple of weeks. and We're working on some good stuff for you guys, and hopefully you all enjoy it. We'll thank you. 